0: Folks, welcome in. St. Louis Soccer Weekly is here on the Big 550 KTRS. Brendan Weese, St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser with me via satellite, if you will, tonight as we get you set for a full two hours. And uh, we're back to two hours on St. Louis Soccer Weekly now as we head into the spring and summer. So much happening. City about set to play four games In eleven days, Moe's, it's uh, MLS soccer season. It's uh, officially back.
1: It is, and I mean they're 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 thrust right back into it, Uh, kicking off this Tuesday night in the Champions Cup, and you know, and then the home opener a week from tomorrow. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we we saw at the end of the year where some players talked about you know being drained, and it was a long season. Um, and they're starting out in, with a busy schedule right off the bat.
0: How, how do you feel Mose about about the Champions Cup and 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 being energized for it? I, I think this is a real interesting case study here because you're a, you're as big a fan and, and know a much as much about the sport as anyone. but I can sense from you, you're not totally jazzed for Tuesday night.
1: Um, yeah, I just it, I think part of it is because of the way the tournament's set up. I mean, I think we saw it last year with Club America coming to City Park, the excitement around that. But it's 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 another MLS team. If we win this, we would play Columbus. Um, I just think the way it kind of set up for us here in St. Louis is you know we're the first two sets of matches could be against MLS teams and maybe that takes away a little of the luster, but I do think it's a great opportunity for the club, uh, for some players to get some opportunities early and, and it's gonna be one of those ones that it'll be interesting to see what lineup he puts out this Tuesday and depending on that result, I think that's gonna tell us a little more of what we might see when they head to Houston the following Tuesday.
0: Because here's my perspective on it, Mose. I think as as long as this season lasts and as much as we saw last year winning the Western Conference, I think meant a bunch because it was their inaugural season as an expansion franchise. It meant a ton. The run they went on early was so cool. But now having experienced that entire MLS season and, and knowing that it can be a bit of a slog... I'm willing to sacrifice any if, if if well, I'll say it like this. if it means sacrificing some early MLS wins, I'd love to see this team go all in on winning this Champions Cup or at least making a deep run. i I want to see how this team responds being put in this spot again because I, I've been saying this a lot. We'll talk to Tom Timmerman about it later. I think seeing how this team performs in this tournament tells me more about where they're at than how they do in the MLS. Now, I don't think Bradley's I don't think he's going to sacrifice one or the other. But if it comes right down to it and you're making a deep run into this thing into the spring, then man, I, I, I think that I think that tells us a lot, and I think it I think it means a lot for this team that struggled in In these uh, playoff scenarios or tournament scenarios, a year ago.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I mean, but I think if they can get past Houston, get to get to play Columbus, and then I think it will be something as if they advance past Houston, then past Columbus, I think then you will see a totally different mindset because as you started getting closer to that big prize of winning this, winning this competition, then you'll see things change a little bit. I still, I'm not totally sold on how this season set up with this starting out the champions cup and then the league cup in the middle. For me, I want city to win an MLS championship. And I think that's first and foremost for me is, you know, they proved with what they did last year, that they can be competitive, they finish first in the West, but still, the ultimate prize is to win that MLS championship.
0: One hundred percent with you, but I think we learned last year that having the top seed in the tournament, other than I, I think now winning a Supporters Shield is something totally different. That's a trophy. That's if you if you can get that, get it. But short of winning a Supporters Shield. Whether you're a one seed or a seven seed in this tournament, you just want to avoid that play-in game, I think, more than anything else. But you avoid the play-in game and you're in the tournament, in the MLS Cup tournament, Moe's, I, 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 for me, that's all that really matters. And and uh, I, I think selling out to stack wins in the regular season uh, might, might backfire against you. I think it... it I don't think they'd say it, and I wouldn't pose this to Bradley Carnell this way, but I think to a certain extent it did kind of backfire on this team last year because I think they got to that point in October and they were kind of sort of spent by the time that uh, MLS Cup tournament arrived.
1: Well, I think I think two things. I think they were spent, and I also think other teams made adjustments yeah, they did. to play against City, and and City I don't think – made the adjustments against that. I mean, it, that's going to be, I think, the key to this season is, you were in year two, everybody has seen this team, everybody's seen how they're going to play. How can this team adjust? Are they able to when teams, give them the ball? Are they able to slow it down a little bit at times, keep it, and, and be able to keep the ball and kind of dictate the play instead of just always being uh, a high-press High press high press there was times last year when, when they had opportunities to keep the ball and play a little bit and they, they weren't able to do that. I also think this year defensively we, 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 we can't count we, we can count on Roman burkey but we don't want to have to count on Roman burkey as much as we did last year because I mean totally. and when you look at the when you look at the big picture of last season and you look where we finished, in that in that if you take away let's say they split those in the first six games and, and, and you get you get three losses instead of three wins then they finish i think seventh in the in the division so it, it, it wasn't a big margin i think for them it's going to be to build on the season and get to the point where at the end of the season they're playing their best soccer that's what you have to do should go on and win a championship.
0: I, I, Berkey covered up a lot of their issues, most, plain and simple.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there, there there's some games that, that they won, uh, and not that it wasn't an effort from everyone, but but he bailed them out of some games. Yes. And, and they got some points because of Roman Berkey. And I, I just, not that he can't do it again, but I don't want him to have to have to do that um, and it looks like, you know, with some of the moves with uh, Nicholas Dyer and Thomas Totland, that they have addressed that issue to shore some things up in the back end.
0: Who are you, Moe's, uh, and maybe it's a, a returning player or a new player, who are you, who are you most excited to see when we uh, raise the curtain there on Tuesday night?
1: Um, I, you know, when I, when I think about the season – Some of my questions are uh, up top with Klaus and Sam. Can they be as productive as they were last year? Can they reproduce that? The other big one is um, DiBolo Bloom. Can he be consistent? I think that was the one thing. He had some games last year was he was absolutely phenomenal. And then he had some other games where he really struggled. Now, They've addressed a little bit of that, I think, by bringing Chris Durkin in to to give him uh, some help there. But I think Bloom and then also Edward Leuven, who was very hot, got hurt, came back. I mean, he kind of waned, and he talked about being very tired at the end of the year. Uh, those are those are the key players for this team, and you know, you always talk about right up the middle. And when you talk about Big Sam, Klaus, Bloom, and Leuven, those are the guys in the middle of the field that you need to have consistency from every game.
0: I uh, I'm excited to see Chris Durkin. I, I think you know here's a guy that they bring over. He's got MLS experience already. He, you know knows Klaus. I, I think there there's there's a lot to to be excited about what he brings and. In a spot where maybe if Chris Durkin's not here, you know, look at this team a year ago, Moe's, you end up playing a guy like Amigi Perez, who we know is talented, but wasn't ready to play at this MLS level yet. Now you've got a guy that's already played at the DC United, has got game. A guy like Chris Durkin steps up. This, this team's got some pieces and it's got some depth. They utilized their depth last year to its fullest ability. But I think this year, Moe's, this depth has more ability, a lot more ability than it did last year.
1: I agree, and I think you know Durkin. Uh, it, it was a great pickup by them because you're picking up an experienced MLS player. The other player that you know the jury's still out on, and I, I'm hoping that he can. He had some good signs last year. Is uh, Thorson?
2: We, yeah. we got to yep. see
1: some of him, but I think he's a player that has a huge upside that we haven't really truly been able to see him settle in with this team. He came in halfway through the season, had some moments, but I think he's another player to watch. Celio Pompeo, what what will we get from him? Uh, there, there's been times when he's had some, and I thought, especially in the Kansas City, the last game of the year, he came on and did really well. Can he give them something wide that, that Jared Stroud gave him, uh, but even with more attacking? And, I mean, Jared Stroud... Was uh, was a great player for them. They really got more out of him than they probably expected, especially from the goal standpoint.
3: Glad
0: you brought up Cilia Pompeo. Had a chance to talk to him yesterday. We're going to have a chance throughout these two hours to hear some of our conversations from down at City Park. Let's. Uh, Pay a visit right now to Celia Pompeo. Celia, we're uh, really just days away from the start of uh, of 2024. Just how do you feel like training and training camp has gone for you and the fellas?
4: I think we had a very good very positive preseason you know with a bunch of, we played a bunch of quality teams and we did very good new players came in and came to uh, uh, raise the bar so it was good and I feel that our team is very ready we're ready to compete ready to win games ready to fight and individually me I feel very good to, to play and I think our team is ready You know, ready to, to start. everybody's feet so let's. we're ready we're ready to win a lot of more and more competition it's going to be a lot of more games so I think the world is ready how do
0: you evaluate your play like what what are you able to do do you look at video do you just a, after a day of training without without maybe tangible results yet on the field how do you evaluate your own play.
4: My own play, yeah. I think I'm a player who brings something different in the game. I can win one v one challenge, dribble, yeah. I can take myself, create player plays by my own like I don't know if you watch but like against Nashville one ball came I two players and I can create those chances out of nowhere, so that's what I bring on the table. Creating chances for our team to score, you know? So yeah that's what I bring something different. And I and I feel like at
0: the end of last year you had some really big moments. Do, how does that help you, knowing that you've got the results? You you, you you proved it last year.
4: I proved, but we gotta keep proving, you know, because here it's it's, it's it's tough. But you gotta always work hard, be ready for the moment, and I'm, I'm being ready, man. I've been ready since last year. When I have my chance, I do my things, you know. So it's, it's I man. feel man, <laughs> man right here, ready ready for every moment, big moment, small moment, I know, but it sounds cliche, but but the only thing... Yeah, I'm ready. And the only thing I can do is perform on the in-the-out in practice and that's the only thing I can do. You know, I'm not I'm not the guy who's going to choose the first 11, so the only thing I can do is be ready to... If he, if he wants me to start or come in uh, the second half, I will be ready to play.
0: I mean, you bring an intensity and you bring, a, a, I think, a big personality as well. Easy for your teammates to sort of rally off of. Is that... Tough for you to manage all the way through to to keep your energy
5: level high all the time?
4: Of course, in some moments we get frustrated because we feel that we're working hard and not playing. And we think, oh, I want to play more. But again, I don't want to be frustrated. I don't want to be with my heads down. The only thing I can do again, like I said, is be ready and be beware for my moment <laughs> and see guys like Indy always give energy you know to be positive to keep the energy high when I see Indy and I try he push me I push him so those things help you know our teammates but man I just want to play and I'm ready to play and I want to play more minutes more than last year and of course with more competition it's going to happen we are going to have those opportunities
0: and I feel you delivered both whether you were coming off the bench or whether you started right and when you provide that spark, say, in the, you're coming off the bench, it's the 75th minute, like you said, you want to play more, but is is there...
4: The the From game. the
0: very start of the it's game,
4: more chance that I can create, you know. Yeah. But this is a thing that, I, of course, here in the team, everybody deserves to start. Sure. So, soccer for me is the moment, and the moment I feel very good, and I want to play. That's all I can say right now. Yeah. I want to play.
0: Champions Cup. You guys started on Tuesday. The, the certainly the, the the passion, obviously, but it's a big deal, right? I mean, you guys are right out of the box. You're in tournament play, having a to play for a trophy.
4: And it's a big tournament, you know, because if we, of course, I'm thinking higher, but if we win this tournament, the CONCACAF champions, we can play in the end, if we win this, we can play in a bigger tournament, we can play against European teams in the end of the year, if we win this tournament, you know, but of course, I'm just thinking in the future, but we got to think now about Houston, game by game, but it's a big deal for us as a second year of the team, we are winning this big tournament, so everybody's very excited. That
0: feels like something that motivates you, right? I mean, you, you want to Playing that biggest stage. Yeah,
4: I, I play even. I, I think I play for myself. I play much better. I feel better when I play those big games. You know, yeah. I feel more excited. You know, when more people are watching, when everybody's like dance oh, that big game. I feel better. I, I like those games.
0: Go get it, man! I appreciate you spending some time with us and best of luck. Of course, thank you, thank you. Right, this kid that, that he's one thing I love about Celio Mo is above all else. He his personality. I think on the pitch. Shines more than anybody else. He brings that intensity and a little extra, uh, a, a little more flavor. That if, especially when he's going well, that can that can be a I think a real boost to the team.
1: Yeah, I mean when when he's going well, he is so good at at taking people on one on one and creating problems. Um, the thing I love about Cilio is his he, his smile. He he's got. He has a great attitude. I mean, I I, guarantee you he was not happy with the amount of playing time that he got last year. He would have loved to have played more. But his attitude, his presence as part of this team, um, he comes across to me as being a good guy for the team. And, And if he gets the opportunity and can seize it, he can be a dangerous weapon for this team hopefully this season.
0: Mose, we've got uh, a lot coming up. We're going to hear from one more player before we take our first break. But uh, coming up in our next segment, you're going to have a chance uh, to visit with a couple of folks and uh, a pretty cool deal with St. Charles Backstoppers and the St. Louis Ambush getting involved.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk with Lieutenant Jeff Swatek of the Maryland Heights Police and, and John Dolan, who's with the Backstoppers. Uh, they're going to be playing a game. The, there's There's been for years um, a soccer team made up of police, firefighters, first responders, um, and the police especially. Uh, I mean, they head off to, I uh, think last year was a big national tournament in Chicago where they're competing against uh, other police teams from other mun- cities. And just to talk to them, and then what, what the St. Louis Ambush is doing to help them out this year is, Following their game on Sunday the 25th, the Ambush play at 2 o'clock against the Milwaukee Wave, and then following the game, there will be a game with the police, firefighters, first responders, all going out and playing an indoor game to help raise some money for the Backstoppers. $5 from every ticket is going to be donated to Backstoppers. You can go to Backstoppers.org, ambush to get those tickets, it's just a great opportunity um, to come out and help the backstoppers and, and kind of salute uh, these unsung heroes, uh, these police officers, these firefighters who do so much in our community protecting us, um, and it's it's a job that uh, definitely goes without the, the, the gratification that they should get because it's a a dangerous job that they do and they do a great thing. So uh, excited for that and uh, glad to talk to these guys and learn a little more.
0: That's coming up in our next segment. And before we do step aside, uh, a chance to visit with Jake Nerwinski, then we'll uh, go to commercial here at St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550. Visiting with Jake Nerwinski as uh, we close in on the start of this season. And Jake, give me just kind of your thoughts on how you feel training camp has gone as we're just a few days away from starting it
6: for real. Yeah, I think it's been very successful. It's been long, uh, you know, two long, good trips. But um, I think, uh, you know, we kept a good base of guys from last year that... You know, already know the system, know the principles, know what we expect from each other, and the guys, the new guys that we got um, fit in seamlessly, so I think that's really important. Um, You know, as I've said this before, we have a very good locker room, very good group of guys, and I think that's kind of our biggest strength right now is that we all want to fight for each other, play for each other.
0: Is there a challenge getting your fitness level up to where you want it to be right out of the box, especially when you've got four matches in a condensed window?
6: Yeah, I think um, we'll see how our preseason went. (laughs) You know, I I think we have a lot of trust in our sports science and our trainers. Um, I think a lot of the guys feel really good, feel really fit. Um, But it'll definitely be a good test, and I think it'll be a good test of um, our team as a whole. Because, you know, we're going to have four games in in two weeks. There's going to be some rotation. Guys are going to be ready, going to be eager to take their opportunity. Um, And I think that's, you know, also a very big strength of ours is that we have, you know, what, 22? guys that can start at any given time and plug right into our system and play well yeah
0: paying attention to the actual games like we talk here you guys just played louisville a few moments ago D- does it matter the the final score or is it deeper in terms of the process that you try and maybe evaluate uh, just to see where you guys are at
6: yeah, I think the good thing is the final score doesn't matter right now. Um, but I think we look at these games just from ourselves. Um, we try to test ourselves. We almost play against ourselves. Um, you know, we work on our principles that you know we've, we've done for the last six to you know eight weeks now. Um, of course, we'll we'll go over you know goals goals against goals scored, but it's more of you know getting a feel for everybody, a feel for our system. And um, this was our last final test before we get to really show it.
0: When we chatted last year around this time, it might have been a couple weeks into the season, there was very little outside expectation for this group. You guys changed that fast. Best record in the West. Now year two, What? what's the overall mindset of the group looking at that and are you able to to have a chip and and find motivation somewhere else if that makes any sense
6: <laughs> no it totally does i think our i think we made it obvious what our motivation was last year right yeah. everybody kind of counted us out right predicted us to finish last and that was kind of what we used to fuel us. Um, now it's kind of flipped, right? Like we, we know that we already proved where we you know belong, but now we have kind of this target on our back. Is can they do it again? Um, teams know that we're you know a good team now, and I think that's uh, it's a whole other beast and it's a whole other ex- exciting kind of thing as a team to take on together to find a different kind of motivation to, to push us through.
0: Challenges of facing Houston out of the box here on Tuesday.
6: Yeah, we saw Houston last year, you know, they're they're a good team They they play well Um, You know, I think it's it's an advantage that we get to start at home for sure Um, You know for being the first game of the season I think it's important to play in front of our fans, you know, we made City Park our fans made City Park One of the hardest places to play, you know within the MLS, so I think it's very exciting Um, But again, we're gonna challenge ourselves, you know, we play against ourselves Yeah
2: Check, go get him. Appreciate it, man. Cool. Thank you. Welcome back in to St. Louis Soccer Weekly. A couple special guests in studio today. We're going to talk a little soccer and we're going to talk a little backstoppers. Uh, in studio today with me, Lieutenant Jeff Swatek, Maryland Heights Police Department, John Dolan with the Backstoppers of St. Charles. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. We got an exciting, we talk a lot about. St. Louis City. We talk a lot about the ambush here. Uh, this we got a special event coming up on February 25th. Our good partners, the St. Louis Ambush, uh, are going to be working with Backstoppers, and there's going to be a special game afterwards following the Ambushes game against the Milwaukee Wave. They play at 2:05, and uh, will John tell us a little bit about? your involvement in the backstoppers and kind of fill us in a little bit about what's going to happen.
3: So we formed the uh, St. Charles County Backstoppers uh, last year and it's a it's a group we we all play in we all pay into the main backstoppers group. Uh, Shelly Clark reached out to us about three weeks ago and she wanted to do something with the backstoppers. So she suggested uh, a dedication game. Uh, We just I got a hold of Lieutenant Jeff Swadek with Maryland Heights Police Department. He plays on a traveling soccer team of city and county players Uh, He took the bull by the horns. He put together a great roster of players. Uh, We're gonna have our inaugural game after the original game at uh, probably around 4 or 4.30 I think we're gonna play. And all proceeds off of the tickets that you buy there's five dollars from each ticket goes to the Backstoppers and you can purchase them online at either the Ambush website or you can go to the Backstoppers website. It's backstoppers.org and there's a link to buy the tickets there.
2: So Jeff, this group, gentlemen, growing up here in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. loving soccer, Um, you guys not only get together and play, but you go and play and travel and play in tournaments.
7: Yes, there is a uh, traveling soccer team. There's actually a few in St. Louis, so there's a competitive team of over 40. There's a a women's team as well, and we play throughout uh, not only the United States, but also in Canada. So a few years ago, we went to Canada and played
2: so when these, the, the guys get together, this is on their own time. This isn't part of any of the municipalities or departments. This is you guys getting together, uh, representing St. Louis, St. Louis firefighters, police, all first responders. Anybody can get in involved with this?
7: Yes, it, it's really, like you said, growing up in St. Louis soccer is so important to all of us, so it's one of those common links that we have in addition to the backstopper, so it, it really brings us together. It's great for camaraderie, and this event will really be good for public relations. We appreciate the Ambush doing this, and it seems like a natural fit.
2: It's a great opportunity. It's easy to get to out at the family arena, and uh, as John said, you can go to backstoppers.org, you can go to stlambush.com, get tickets, February 25th, the Ambush play at 205 versus the Milwaukee Wave, and then immediately following that, you guys will take the field. How often are you guys training? How often are you guys playing here locally?
7: In preparation
2: for tournaments,
7: there's quite a few practices coming up. So we have a few practices before this game. And usually it's availability. So whenever people are available, we do have the the nice holiday coming up for President's Day. So we'll take advantage of that and, and get together, kick
2: the ball around. Talk a little bit about the backstoppers and how much, as an officer, how much the backstoppers means to you to know that this organization has your back at all times.
7: So uh, John and I have been friends for years. We have one thing in common. Both of our fathers were St. Louis City police officers. So growing up, we've always had that high level of respect for police. We've had that understanding that backstoppers is there for the families from day one. And it's just, just amazing. The guns and hoses is is an event I went to with my father and I I bring my kids there and it's once you make it to an event you're really sold and and what the organization does for us is is really just amazing to know that our families will be taken care of in in case of a tragedy.
2: And John I know that we we just had here at KTRS we had a -a radio-a-thon to help support the backstoppers so very familiar uh supporting 95 families with this talk a little I mean inflation has hit everyone talk about I mean that affects the backstoppers as well and that's really why it's important for folks to get out and support this
3: without a doubt uh I know Ron Battelle uh spoke at your radio I believe yep. a couple weeks ago uh, but one of the things like you said we're supporting 95 families and that includes over 70 children I think there's 72 children that we're taking care of also uh when When these families come into the Backstoppers family, they stay with us through life. We actually have uh, widows that are in their 90s that are in nursing homes today that we're taking care of. And also as part of what we do is the education fund, we allow their children to go to private schools all the way through university. So we've got, I think, like 72 children right now. Our annual debt load is about two and a half million dollars to take care of these obligations. So we are well-funded, but we wanna remain that way. And with the support and generosity of the St. Louis area has been overwhelming. This, the Backstoppers is unique to St. Louis. There's nothing like it in any other city. We are constantly getting calls, people wanting to duplicate it in other cities and nobody's had that success yet. Well, and, and
2: we, we all know we've all heard of Guns and Hoses, such a spectacular event that's put on year after year. It, but it but it's also things like this, the golf tournaments. That it, it really goes back to every dollar counts.
3: I agree. Yes, Guns and Hoses is obviously the most known. Uh, third year in a row, we just raised over a million dollars. Uh, now, the Guns and Hoses does envelop several different events too, and hopefully next year we'll make this a Guns and Hoses event. But yes you are right and when i speak at different uh events i tell the people the backstoppers is you it's every single person out there because every dollar does count and it does go to the families and they are so appreciative
2: well and, and one of the things that i know with chief patel when we talked before that it's something that it, it is an immediate step in you, you guys step up to the plate immediately Yes, to, sir. To
3: yes, I'll expand a little on that. Originally, uh, within 24 hours of a line of duty death, a uh, representative of Backstoppers will show up and hand a check over to the surviving spouse for ten thousand dollars. That money is without any strings attached. It's for any immediate needs they have uh, to bring guests or, or family members into town. We help with travel arrangements, funeral arrangements. Um, then within two weeks. a a financial representative from the Backstoppers comes and sits with the family and goes over all their bills. At that point in time, the family becomes debt-free. We take over their mortgage, any car payments, any credit card payments, any outstanding debts that they have. Uh, We take over their life insurance, health insurance, dental insurance, and again, any extraneous needs they may have. So at that point in time, uh, they become part of the Backstoppers family and they remain with us until they're
2: very old <laughs> Jeff you guys as a group when you're playing how how is the camaraderie you, different departments guys coming together is it just that love for soccer that brings you together
7: it, it really is and when you get out on the field you you join that team so it doesn't matter what area departments we're from we all wear the same jersey we're competitive it, it does get a little chippy at times so it is it's competitive soccer at its best and uh Again, we have those different age groups. So, in our 40s, the uh, skill set may be a little bit lower, but uh, it, it's still a really good time. Uh, we we love representing St. Louis.
2: How about you? Growing, do you grew up here in St. Louis? I did. So I
7: went to private schools. I went to St. Thomas Aquinas Mercy. So okay, uh, real big soccer school, and th- always grew up watching the Steamers, watching you and many other players. And so this is it's great to get back out there. The the feeling of nostalgia is something that it immediately comes back to us
2: well and I, I know we talk about it here we've had different folks on former players and there's kind of a fraternity of the soccer players in town and everybody kind of knows each other you've played with and against each other um and you guys must have that same thing inside the police department the fire departments that yes you may all work for your dis- municipalities but truly you are one team. We, we really are.
7: One of the possibly unfortunate things is we spend more time with our coworkers than we do with some of our family members. And they always have our back. Uh, like I said, Backstoppers has our back, but that immediate when those calls go out where we have to help the community, we know that we have that team with us. We, we make sure we take care of each other. We try to take care of each other's families as well. And so this is, this is really just something that I have a passion for, and John does as well.
2: And I know we're talking about uh, this game, February 25th, following the St. Louis Ambush game. You guys, the Ambush, have been great supporters uh, and do a lot here. Talk a little bit about your guys' thoughts on St. Louis City and the, this new MLS team coming into town here and kind of taking this town over.
7: Well my wife has told me to stop buying city clothing so uh, I have a whole closet full of city clothing. I
2: I love going to the games and
7: even if you're not a soccer fan once you walk into that stadium it just it's the energy takes you over another really good reason to be proud of being from St. Louis it's it's such a big sports city that we could all that brings us together as well so just being from here.
2: And when you go to these tournaments out of town how, I know when I was playing, and the bulk of our teams with the Ambush and the Steamers and the Storm, it was mostly all St. Louis guys, and there was a a St. Louis against the World kind of pride thing. Is that something that you guys take with you when you leave town to go play in these tournaments?
7: We, We do. We play much larger cities, so play teams from New York City, from Chicago much much larger police departments and and we represent very well are very competitive if if not winning against these teams so just coming from st louis i think they know what to expect and and they don't uh they don't expect that it's going to be an easy game for them and and it never will be
3: john any parting thoughts from you yes i would also agree with what jeff said on st louis city that the energy at those games is unbelievable family oriented Uh, that's the same thing if you haven't been to an ambush game tickets are 20 25 dollars it's they've got activities for the children it's a great family event and then this way you'll be supporting the ambush and the backstoppers too
2: and it's for the folks that haven't been out to the family arena it's super easy to get to South County, come up 270, crossover 364. You get off on the first exit, you're right there. Uh, and it, it's, it's a great intimate experience because of the size of the arena. And and they, they put on a great show. And like you said, there's, there's something for everyone. If you just want to come for the soccer, they have that. But there's other things for the kids and events and giveaways that are going on. We look forward to uh, Sunday, February 25th following the ambush game it's a 205 game you guys will start probably around 4 4 30 ish yes uh five dollars from every ticket purchase will go to the backstoppers and you can get those at backstoppers.org or at stlambush.com gentlemen thanks for coming in we appreciate uh, having you guys and uh look forward to a successful game
3: thank you for thank having you. us thanks for having us
2: most great stuff.
0: Uh, before we take our next commercial break, more coverage from down at St. Louis City's first media day of the season, and a chance to talk with Kyle Hebert, one of our favorites. Kyle Hebert, with us as we uh, get close to the start of the season. Kyle, good to see you. How have things uh, gone so far for you in the uh, in the preseason, getting ready for the
8: start? Yeah, it's been good. I think we've had uh, a lot of continuity from last year to this year. A couple of new guys have come in. I think they've all acclimated really well done really well um it's been fun you know preseason's a good time you're hanging out playing games ramping up getting ready for the season so we're excited
0: does it feel different from last year where there was so much it was about the pop and the circumstance of the start of the of this brand new franchise, right? Now you guys have a year under your belt. Just what what's the overall mindset of the team knowing that you've got one year under your belt?
8: Yeah, I think last year we came in no one really knew what we were going to be as a team and we had a lot of self-confidence and this year some things we focus on is trying to can we still be ourselves but can we add another layer? So when we come out Teams will be like, okay, this is St. Louis City, but they've, they've evolved a step.
0: And it certainly looks like you guys have. How easy is it acclimating? Your new teammates in, into the mix. You you brought in multiple guys that are going to get some run. How have they just acclimated with the group?
8: Yeah, I feel like the preseason trips are always great because you're away for 11 days together. Um, it's great for team bonding. You know, you train, but then you also have plenty of time to spend time the other teammates, get to know guys off the field, and I think that translates on the field as well.
0: I, I feel that too. I mean, I I think there is a camaraderie with this group. Can you can you describe that just how tight you guys are and it feels like that started pretty quick
8: yeah i think that started all the way back in 2022 with next pro and some of us and then when you know those guys came in those first team guys um i think it was a, a serious intentionality and in the type of characters we bring in um you don't have guys who are me focused you have guys who are we focused and that makes it really easy to enjoy being around those guys i think as we talk right now on Moments after your exhibition against Louisville. You scored, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Getting back, and, and you had moments like this last year. Where, where do you feel like your game is at right now as we get ready to kick off the season? Just you personally.
8: Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I feel like last year I was able to add some versatility to my game. Um, I'm a natural center back, um, so that's where I feel the most most comfortable. But any opportunity I can to get in the box. So whenever we have an attacking free kick, I'm always trying to go. Sometimes we're going to play short, and the coaches are trying to call me back. But, hey, if that's my one chance to get in the box, I'm going to take it.
0: I feel like you bring that... You and a lot of your teammates bring that versatility, right, where you you know where you're most comfortable, but if coach puts you somewhere else for a game, for a half, what have you, you're able to get it done.
8: Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys that just are complete footballers on this team, and that helps because in the game, you know, sometimes based on off the ball, on the ball, positions can shift and slide, and all of a sudden you're in a whole new spot. And Can you be versatile and able to play in that spot when you receive the ball and also to press, you know, from a whole new position? as well
0: how uh, how pumped are you to have right out of the box you get champions cup and you get mls regular season starting within a few days of each other
8: yeah it's a thick schedule congestion at the start um so we're really going to need the whole group to be dialed in um and be ready and i think the guys are so that's good i appreciate it man go get them awesome thank you very much tim.
0: great stuff Kyle. when we come back how about vice captain tim parker he's with me next it's st louis soccer weekly on the big 550 with Tim Parker, I think the last time we spoke to Tim on the Big 550, you were in studio bringing us uh, some of the great uh, Tim Parker beer, and man, you know, and it's that was maybe four or five months ago. What was that experience like for you last year? In the middle of new baby, new team, new season, new city—I I mean, all kind of wrapped into one. It, does it almost feel like a blur at
5: this point, looking back to last year? Yeah, it was an incredible year, you know, to say the least. Um, probably one of the best years of my life and career Um, when you look at everything that happened over the course of those 12 months. Um, But yeah, I mean I'm excited to be back for year two. You know, it gave me a connection with this city that uh, I'll always have so I'm excited for what we can build. What do you feel this group
0: is going to be able to offer in year two? What kind of sense have you gotten just seeing this
5: the last few weeks in in camp and and with the uh, exhibition games? Yeah, um, we're going to be able to fine-tune a lot of things. You know, I think last year a lot about figuring out how we wanted to play, what we wanted to do, and now we're able to kind of fine-tune it, um, tweak it in ways that can make us more successful. I think when I asked you a question
0: at the... Uh the the end-of-the-season press conference uh, about guys that maybe didn't have that MLS experience or the MLS Cup experience at the end of the year. Do you feel like that, I don't want to call it maturity, but guys, that do they have that built up now after what you guys went through last season?
5: Yeah, I think it definitely opened some eyes to the idea of, A, how long the season is, B, when to get hot. See, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it, but yeah, I mean, the MLS Cup itself is still a month long tournament, you know. So, um, when you get to that playoff spot and you're locked in, do you care about the one seed, the two seed? Maybe not. Um, maybe it's about um, just making sure that you're in it and then you're focused on how you want to play and playing your best stuff at that moment. You talk about when to get hot. Is that a matter of peaking too early is that part of it um i don't think we peaked too early i think we just had some got some some moments at the end of the year where we weren't playing and doing what we really wanted to do that for the whole year so um it's definitely a, a point of emphasis of ours is to when that kind of part of the year comes to uh, really focus in and hone in on what we want to do and what we're good at tim uh tuesday night it starts in
0: the champions cup and this is a another we talk about channeling for next october but this is a chance to, to start a journey on on winning a trophy right how much do you feel like you guys ha- have bought into what this tournament means starting on tuesday
5: yeah i mean it's a chance to play uh on the international stage for a lot of guys so um it's a really cool tournament i think it's really great to get the experiences that we're able to get ga- uh gather from it and Granted, yes, we play Houston first, but um, hopefully as we move forward and we move on, um, that we get those opportunities for guys because it does does, uh, mean a lot to guys' careers and it gives you experiences that you usually can't get. The new guys that are here, how do you feel like they've blended in with the group as somebody that – can provide leadership and provide maybe a, a moral compass for what you, so you want these guys to do. Yeah, you know, I'm, I hope I've done a good job. Um, you try to relate to guys in ways that you're able to, so um, maybe you won't be able to connect with every guy in the same way, but um, if you're able to help them along in one step or another, then you're doing a good job. Tim, I appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah, a lot. Of course. of course.
0: That's your vice captain, Tim Parker. I'm we see More coming up, another full hour of Soccer Talk. Tom Timmerman with me, and more city interviews from down at City Park after the news. All right, welcome back in St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550 KTRS. We're going to hear from the captain, Roman Berkey, later on in the hour. Tom Timmerman with me in the next segment, but always fun. We've been following this guy since the first year of MLS Next Pro, when there was no first team yet. It's Josh Yarrow. One of our favorites, Josh Yarrow, with me here as we close in on the start of this season. Josh, to kind of give me your sense of where
9: you and your team are at right now. Yeah, I think we're in a good place. Uh, it's been a really good preseason. Um, and, yeah, really exciting. We're, I mean, as players, I think we're ready to go. We're, we're really excited to get a season started. You've, you've been
0: around this franchise now for a few years, starting with uh, MLS Next Pro before... All of this rolled out last year. How rewarding has it been for you to just kind of see it all play out uh, and and you having such a, a big role in it?
9: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really nice to see this club from what it was when I first got here. Um, the stadium wasn't done, the facilities weren't done, and now, suddenly seeing all of that and then seeing the success that the team has had. Uh, it's really rewarding, um, but that goes to show the hard work that's been put in from right from the ownership group to the technical staff, the coaches, everyone, um, the fans. I mean, there's a lot of people that have made this into what it is now, and it's, it makes our jobs easier as players um, when everything is there for us. How different
0: does it feel compared to last year where it was the launch and now it's year two and there are some expectations with this group
9: yeah i mean last year was the year of unknown right i mean um, as players i think in the locker room we always knew that we had the team to do well but i think the outside world never really knew what to expect and and now yeah there's there's some expectations and we embrace that you know we um we welcome that and and, and i think as a team um uh, you know we thrive on that and yeah we use that and and into making sure that we have a good season. And so, really excited for year two. Uh, having a year under our belt and a little bit of experience as uh, a club and, yeah, excited to get the season started.
0: How challenging will the next couple of weeks be? Because you're going to have four matches, 11, 11 days, tight, condensed window. What did you learn from last year in those spots as to where maybe some of the challenges lied coming off the short rest?
9: Yeah, I think, I mean, again, our coaching staff they did a really good job with that last year of making sure that um, they've always put out a team that was able to perform and I think you know with that mentality and with that experience uh I don't see any problems because we do have a deep, enough squad, a deep enough squad that, again, the next man up mentality, and we've always had that, and so that's an advantage for us, and I think that's going to serve us well going into this busy schedule. Does it feel like the depth is, has the depth taken a step for you guys from
0: where you were last year in terms of the number of guys you think can contribute?
9: Yeah, I mean, even last year we had that, you know, last yeah. year we had a lot of guys that stepped up in big moments, and... And we have that again this year. And so that's, yeah, definitely that's an advantage for us. Um, That's something that I think will serve us well when the schedule gets condensed and gets busy. um, Because we know the next guy is going to step up and it's going to perform just as well as the the, the other guy. So, yeah, no problems with that. um, Because I firmly believe in each and every one on this team that everyone is capable of doing well. And we've shown that. Can you, do you get a sense with that excitement again like there was last
0: year at the start? It, it, it feels like once we get to Tuesday, it's going to get kind of wild.
9: Yeah, I mean, you can feel the excitement, and I think we'll, we'll feel that this weekend on Saturday when we do the kid lunch um, and then when the game comes. Um, but, yeah, as players too as well, you know, we're excited. We're ready to go, and, and I think um, this city always does a good job of making sure that the support is there, making sure the excitement is there, and, yeah, we're ready to go. Josh, great stuff. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you. When we come back, the man himself, Tom Timmerman. We're also going to hear from Anthony Markanik. and then Moses is picks the click later on in the hour. Here it's St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big Five Hundred and Fifty. Soccer Weekly on the Big 550, Brendan Wiese with you, and it's great to welcome Tom Turmerman back to the show. Of course, he covers City for the Post-Dispatch. His podcast is STL Soccer Talk, and i tell you what, there's going to be a ton to talk. There's a ton to talk about now, but we're getting ready to enter this space, Tom, where we've got four matches in 11 days to start this season. Oh my goodness, uh, there is... a it, it, it's, it, there's no just dipping your toe in the water. We're jumping in. We're diving in head first.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's especially going to be hectic next weekend where they play the home opener, regular season opener on Saturday and then play again on Tuesday. I mean, they'll, they'll be Sunday off, Monday off, and then there's another game, and it'll be the second leg of the Champions Cup series. So, it's, yeah, this doesn't mess around. There are going to be games coming fast. Um, in the days ahead.
0: Do we think they're ready for it, Tom? We uh, were we're there for media day yesterday, and and City loses their final exhibition game to Louisville, and uh, I I think it's probably safe to say Bradley Cornell not overly pleased with what went down on Thursday, but we didn't have a chance to see it. It was a closed-door scrimmage, so... And if we were to estimate right now, with what we've seen in preseason and with what's coming up, do, do we think this team is uh, in a good spot to start fast beginning next week?
10: I, I think they are, largely because you know it's it's the same cast of characters. So there's not a, you know the educational factor has been there for you know Toddland um, and Durkin. And then you know Leuven was away, and they won't have Nielsen at the start because he just got back on Wednesday night. Thursday was his first day with the team. So, um, but you know, I I think they can I think they can handle it in part because Houston's going to be in the same situation. Yeah, you know, Houston's had the exact same amount of prep time. I think it had, actually had one day less uh, from when they started. So you know, and Houston just lost one of its best players. So they're you know they they've got. I think they're in a good situation, which is helped by the fact that they're playing a team that's in the similar situation. So if they were playing a, you know, Mexican club or you know that already was playing games, I'd say that they would be at a serious disadvantage. But I think right now they are where they need to be because they're in the same position as everybody else.
0: This is a question where I can probably ask you as we go throughout the season, Tom, but I'll. I'll start it now as we wait for the, the curtain to officially go up on this team. What do we or what do you think? It is is the strength of this team right now, if you were to put a finger on it, again, having, you know, collections of of some conversations, some training sessions and some exhibition games, where where does the strength lie for City in year two?
10: Well, one strength is is in goal, where Roman Burke last year was the best goalkeeper in the league, and one would expect that to stay largely the same this year. I mean, it's, you know, people could say during last season, well, teams found out how to play against City SC, but it's not like they say, okay, we now know the book on Roman Berkey, and, because it's the book on every goalie. He shoots, you know, to the places where he's not. So I, I think Berkey, you know, should be in every bit as good shape as last year, uh, so that they got that going for them, uh, you know. I think the familiarity with the system uh, is in place, of the fact they, you know, they recognize where some of their shortcomings in the system were, and can have taken steps to overcome that. Uh, you know, they, you know, so much of it comes down to health. I mean, if if Klaus plays a full season, I wrote about this for the weekend, but you know, yes, they lost ten goals in Nico Gioacchini, but. If Klaus stays healthy, he could score ten more goals. Right. So um, you know, I mean, they've got a lot of good things, and you know, one of the things they gained last year, and this is this is something that goes both ways with this team. Is they over they overperformed last season. They did better than the numbers said they should. If yep. you looked at what their expected goals for, and again, should have been, they, you know, they they did better than that, and so you think they're not going to be as well this season. But then you look at the roster and say, well, these guys were young. Lubin, you know, while he's older than many guys, it's his first year in the league, and these guys now know what travel is like. jabula Blum will be better this year with experience. Klaus will be better with experience. And so while there may be some regression just on general statistical stuff, almost all of these guys are going to be better. I mean, when you look at the team and you say, who is at a point in his career where he might not be better. And it's, you know, I mean, Tim Parker, you know, exceeded all expectations last year. And, you know, if, if he could be better again this year, that would be, you know, fountain of youth in whatever part of town he's living in. Um, but, you know, if he stays the same and he feels you know, now more comfortable in the system and Nielsen, you know, he's got a more dependable guy alongside him, who knows? But there's so many young guys that should be better this year than last year. A.J. Jackson is going to be better at the start of this season than he was certainly at the start of last season, and presumably better than he was at the end of last season. So they've got so many things, so many young guys that are still on the rise. And I think that's something that could offset kind of that statistical bent of going the other way.
0: Let me ask you this, Tom. The intangibles that this team brings to the table, certainly one of them would be the home crowd. But that's only when they play at home. And I, I felt like there were moments on the road last year that they were able to steal some games, and it felt like there were probably some games we could point to and say maybe they were outplayed here. The numbers say that they shouldn't have won this game, and they did. What could be an intangible that covers both home and road for this team? Because I, they, they displayed some of that last year. And again, it's some of those things we're not able to quantify.
10: Yeah, that's um, that, that'll be an interesting one I mean I, I think if they are better when other teams let them have the ball if, if they can do better than that yeah I, I think I think that'll help um, you know I mean they've I wrote about it for this morning but the, you know just the depth that this team looks like it will have is going to be one of those things that will help them when you know they're playing their third game in eight days on one of those stretches where, you know, the second news is you know the second team may be as good as the first. You know, if you say, gosh, you know, Durkin and Blum, if they're not both in the lineup, but they're fairly equal, we we're going to think we haven't really seen you know Durkin play much this year, and we you know we don't know what Blum, you know, we saw how Blum was up and down last season, but they have so many guys that they can rotate in and out, and other than Berkey and Leuven and Klaus, you know, there's a lot of interchangeable. Pieces on this team, and I think that's something that you know is going to work against them or work for them, Um, and you know that's something that they can help this team when they go on the road. um, You know, and how Bradley Carnell decides to structure his lineup.
0: We're visiting with Tom Timmerman, covers City, of course, for the Post Dispatch. His podcast is STL Soccer Talk. It because here's what's funny, Tom. I feel like we had conversations last year. I know we had it um with, with 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 a lot of folks it because it felt like this team had depth last year. Uh, Bradley had to call upon the entire roster at times. I mean, look at the first couple of months of the season, how often did Miggy Perez start for this team? Yep. And and I think in looking back, we can all probably agree Miggy was a little in over his head. I mean, it's not like he didn't hold his own. I think he did, but he was probably not ready to play the amount of time he did at this level. So there's just one example, and and, and I think they made the best of it, right? And maybe that's where the intangibles come into play. But that does raise a very interesting question because now the depth this team can roll out is depth with not only enormous upside like Miggy has— but guys that have experience have already done it. A guy like Chris Durkin that has the experience in ML MLS already, and the arrow is pointing up. That's that's the kind of player that, like you said, if he's interchangeable with Jabulo Blum, and both of these guys are playing at a high level, that's not where this team was at a year ago.
10: No, I mean, especially when you look at the Blum situation, where yeah, they were in the end of was playing in the sixth role, and as good as he may have done in that situation it wasn't a position he'd ever played before uh he was your opening day defensive midfielder so yeah they're much better i mean you look at you know anthony markannick who came out of nowhere when they acquired him and became the starting left back well they went out and they've got another left back now they you know they had jake Nerwinsky and akil watt that had right back well now they've got thomas totland there as a right back so they they have options and Carnell said it, you know, on Thursday. We want to be too deep at every position, and they're they're pretty close on that. You know, we'll have to see how the striker position shakes itself out. You know, and, and is it, you know, Klaus will be there, and then is it sometimes Denneron and sometimes Thorsten and sometimes Pompeo, or you know, is is it Klaus and Adeneron and then Thorsten and Pompeo is the You know, how are they going to handle that? And we'll we'll see that as the as the weeks go on, I mean, we're not going to get a feel for what the opening lineup of, you know, really the real starting lineup for this team is until March uh, because that's when, you know, when they stop having, uh, you know, these extra, least having all these midweek games. Uh, and a lot of that will depend on how quickly or how long they last in the Champions Cup because if they win this first round, they're, you know, playing that next round almost right away. So in that case, we might not know for another until the middle of March because they'll just be rotating through guys all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, we're going to see a lot of players, and I think they have that depth. Um, you know, and this goes back to Luce, you know, we want to be a designated team and not have designated players. And you kind of see that in just that, you know, not a lot of, you know, who, who's replaceable. I mean, yes, there was no one on the team quite like AZL Jackson, but, you know, Klaus Leuven Berkey, you know, our. Are the one the guys who are kind of in a position of their own. Other than that, you know, you took a look at the midfielders. There's, you know, you can pick names out of a hat probably between you know, you have Thomas Ostrak, Delio Pompeu. You know, Indiana Vasilev. I mean, it's all going to depend on the matchups in the day of the week.
0: And he's going to want to spread this out those first four matches in eleven days. And I, I'm of the belief right now, Tom that for this group, it behooves them more early on to have success in this Champions Cup to where if it sacrifices a win or two in the MLS, I think they'll be able to make that up later on down the road. If, if, if they don't have the top seed in the West again, so be it. Maybe you're the three. Maybe you're the five. Maybe you're the six. Just get there, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I think finding a way to have success in this Champions Cup is, I think is another significant step for this team to take because they didn't have the success in these knockout games last year.
10: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, if they had won a playoff game last year, maybe they look at this differently. But I think these games have taken on a little bit more of importance for them uh, because it's a chance to show what they can do in this kind of environment, and it potentially has negative side effects as these goes on, as we saw with L.A.F.C. last year with a number of games becomes unbearable uh, at some point. But, yeah, I, I think this is very good for team morale and for club morale and civic morale you know, if they can at least get out of that first round. And, you know, it's, and who's to say? I mean, it's, you know, these things are, you know, mysterious. and we, We've never seen this before. Uh, they're playing another MLS team. And, yeah, it, it's, I have no good feel for how this is going to go. Though I would say whoever wins the first game in that series is in is in the driver's
0: seat. Tom, I am curious to see just what that atmosphere is like. Talking to some of the folks around the club yesterday during media day, I I still think there's a sense, and I feel like you know we're all trying. And I think I mean somebody like myself, I, I'm still learning along the way as well, and to convey the message to the fans, hey, you know this Champions Cup. It's not the regular season. It is a big deal. I think for the diehard fans, they understand that. I think for one, we are an American professional sports town. We've got NHL. We've got MLB. We used to have NFL. We we're sort of pre-programmed for you know by how an American sports prof- uh, an American professional sports team works and how a how a season looks where. It's 162 regular season baseball games. Then you're into the playoffs. There isn't you know, two or three breaks in the season to play in a separate tournament for a, a different championship, where in soccer, this is part of the ecosystem, and there are all these different opportunities to play for championships that may not have anything to do with the MLS. Again, I don't necessarily think... The St. Louis fans have completely latched onto that yet, and I'm curious to see if a run in the Champions Cup will open some more eyes to, hey, here's this This is how soccer works. This is, And I a lot of people do understand it, but I think casual fans are still trying to, to get, wait a minute, is this the regular season? Does this have anything to do with MLS? It, I think it can be confusing. Oh,
10: definitely so. And especially when you say, well, they're taking part in this international tournament right now. And you say, wait, they're, they're playing Houston. That's an international? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it, it, it might ring clearer if they were playing Club America or playing, you right. know, right. from Costa Rica or something like that. It, it would say, okay, it's international, but, you know, they're playing Houston. And if they win, they're playing Columbus. It's going to take a while. They have to get fairly far in this tournament before you, it really has an international feel them before they have to get their passport, you know, out of the sock drawer. So yeah, it, 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 it takes a while and, and this is maybe not the best case, you know, to say, look, Oh, I'll get excited about the CONCACAF champions cup. Um, because yeah, because it, it doesn't, it seems like it's another MLS game. I have to keep writing, you know, well they open the season on Tuesday in the CONCACAF champions cup, but then the real season opener is Saturday when they play real salt lake. Um, yeah, it, it it's confusing. Um, it is different. It is how soccer works. Yeah, you know, but you, you look in you know Europe, and the UEFA Champions League is a tremendous deal. It's in many ways a bigger deal than you know any league except the Premier League. Um, and and this is what this is. It's just that in Concacaf, the competition is kind of screwier because it's you got two big leagues and then a lot of smaller leagues and teams are at different points in their season. You know, for City to do well in this tournament, getting another MLS team is the best way to go. Yeah. Because you don't want to be playing a Mexican team that's in the already played half its season. I mean, you don't stand a chance there. City has a much better chance against Houston than they would against any of the Mexican clubs just because of the timing.
0: This isn't an injury issue with the roster, Tom, but how do you think the... It, Early on here, Bradley's going to be able to utilize uh, Edward Leuven. It looks like he's probably more ready to go than somebody like a Joachim Nielsen as both were dealing with green card issues. They were away from the team at home internationally. Uh, where, how quickly are they ready to go again, especially Nielsen, who, as you uh, asked Bradley yesterday, what um, was he back? And, and he And he is, but we're kind of in the dark as to exactly where he's at with the team in terms of competition.
10: Yeah, you know, Luevin apparently did 75 minutes in the uh, Louisville game, which was a 120-minute long game, so there was more minutes to be had. And and so if he did 75, assuming he bounces back quickly, that sounds like good shape you know, for him to be in, to be able to start on um, on Tuesday. Now, you know, how does that arrange going down the road uh, for bringing him back you know, in the next game? You know, we'll have to see about that. Yeah, Nielsen, I don't think there's any way he can go Tuesday. But I think that's something that works in kind of in the team's favor is that if you say, look, we're going to give Nielsen all next week to get ready, and then we will bring him out the following Tuesday for the second league of the Champions Cup. And so would you, when you rotate the lineup, you have a first-team guy – That you can play in that second game of the Houston series, so you know maybe that's something that you know works to their advantage. Is to it gives them extra time to get Nielsen up to speed, um, and will you know he misses two games, but he is ready then for those next two games.
0: It's uh, it 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 stinks. I mean, obviously he needed to. Probably big picture wise, it's going to work out great for Nielsen, but for a guy that. Was unable to display anything close to a hundred percent health-wise last year, Tom, and, and he, he he started so late, uh, wasn't able to uh, be a, a part of this team. It felt like the first half of the season. He's the kind of guy that you would love to have seen in the mix in camp all the way through, because I, as I've said this on the air it, at least once or twice in the last few weeks, we've. We've not seen Nielsen at a hundred percent. We don't. We we've not gotten a chance to see that player. I think he's got a chance to be a, a very special player, but we we just haven't seen that guy yet.
10: Right, and yeah, uh, you know, I sat down with him my first day down in Florida, and he talked about how important this training camp, you know, was for him, and you know the stuff that he could do this year, working with guys that he didn't do last year, and you know both he and Lubin, when they went, were, were hoping it was going to be. Six or seven days, they'd go back to Sweden or Germany and they would do their interview with the Immigration Bureau and fill out their forms and do their thing and then come back and join the team in California and, you know, maybe miss only one or two days. You know, they would miss that St. Louis week of training and then go back and no, you know, they end up being gone in Nielsen's case for almost two, two weeks, like 13 days is what he was gone. And that's a lot of time. And, you know, he's one of the older guys on the team. And and as Leuven said, when he came back, you know, look, you can work out in the gym all you want, but if you you aren't doing stuff on the ball, you know, that's where you run into problems. And so, you know, Leuven said he wasn't able to do any ball work while he was gone. I don't know if Nielsen had more friends in in Sweden who were there to kick him around on the field with him or not. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, that's that's something that is going to – you know something that he really wanted, and something he was figuring would be a, an advantage for him this year, which he's not going to get. But you know he's going to maybe miss one or two games at the start of the season. You know, he's been he had the first week, you know, first two weeks of training in Florida, so he's got some of that time in. Um, it may be easier, and come you know August and September, you know, missing the first MLS match may not look that serious. Uh, but at this point in the year, you, I'm sure everybody wishes that he'd had more time with the team.
0: I'll, I'll wrap with this Tom, and you mentioned this a, a, a little while ago, and, and our colleague Ben Fred asked this of of Bradley at the end of yesterday's press conference, and it has to do with the high level of play of Roman Berkey last year. You said it, this guy's the strength of this team, but at times he, he appeared to play it at such a high level, and save this team's bacon uh, a number of times if he as they say re- if he regresses to the mean and comes back to just being a really good Berkey instead of mvp caliber Berkey, does this is that an area where we could see this team suffer and and sort of regress to the mean themselves is is it is it asking too much of Roman Berkey to have that kind of season again for this group?
10: Well, they they clearly would prefer Berkey not to have to be as great as often as he was last year. If they can tighten up that defense to limit some of those chances that the opposition got, that would be great. But that that happens in soccer. That's it's a fluid game and people move all over the field and it's a big net and you can only cover so much, and the ball moves quickly. you got to get somewhere else, you know, in a flash. So he's going to have to make those. Um, you know, can he can he do it? You know, probably. I asked him yesterday, I said, so, because he was talking about, you know, lessons he learned and that it is a long season, and, you know, maybe it's not as important to win that, you know, game against Colorado in May as it is to win the playoff game in October. And I said, well, does that mean you're going to, you know, not play almost every game like he did last. Week, he said, yeah, I've already told Ben Lunt, you know, I need to take two weeks off midseason and go to Spain. <laughs> and then he said, no, just kidding. Not going to do it. So, you know, I think he knows about what the season is like, but he also doesn't show any indication to want to take uh, time off as much as he knows that this season can be a grind. Uh, Cause he, he likes being out there and he likes the game. So, um, so that's one of those situations where is there going to be a situation uh, where, you know, Bradley Carnell can find him time off during the season? You know, and I asked him, I said, can you play on a Saturday and then come back and play on a Tuesday? Like you'll see between the second and third games. And he said, you know, he, he didn't rule it out. And so that's, you know, he might be the one guy that plays all four of those first four games. Um, but we'll see a lot of what happens in that second Houston game. It will depend on what happens in the first Houston game, though.
0: Tom Timmerman, a wealth of information coverage. Now coverage over the weekend and, of course, coverage on the STL Soccer Talk podcast. Tom, what can folks find right now if, the, if they go download it?
10: Well, you know, because we – it was a game on Tuesday. We, we kind of started previewing uh, the season right there and, and uh, roster situations and what they – what could happen in a CONCACAP Champions Cup game uh, for these guys So it's yeah it kind of gets the ball rolling with the uh, with the season starting on Tuesday.
0: Love it well I appreciate it Tom and I look forward to seeing you there Tuesday night looks like the weather's going to be pretty good. It's not going to be like today in St. Saint- Louis just imagine it's gonna be it's going to come up quick. I hope the snow doesn't slow our warm up on Tuesday. We're supposed to be in the 60s fingers crossed.
10: Yeah, the 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 forecast far better looking than uh, we have a right to expect in St. Louis in uh, in mid February. But yeah, the uh, well they won't. I can guarantee you there won't be any snow on the field. They they know how to deal with that. They Indeed. can help that.
0: Indeed, well, Tom. I appreciate it, sir. Look forward to seeing you then. I will see you there. Take care, Brendan. Thank you, Tom T. Before we take our final break, I've got a chance to hear from young Anthony Markanik down at City Park with Anthony Markannick here as we uh, close in on the start of the season. Anthony you got a lot of good run with this group last year once you came over via the trade and and we talked I think shortly after the trade but how how smooth smooth was that transition for you?
11: Uh, It was really smooth you know I mean I was a little timid at first you know never been traded before so I didn't know what to expect but I mean the group the staff were very welcoming and yeah it was very smooth.
0: Did you expect to get the amount of
5: time on the pitch that you got I mean you played quite a bit.
11: nah, for myself, I didn't think so. I mean, but I know I had, uh, I felt like I had to prove myself when I first came here. So, I mean, yeah, it's just all about like gaining the trust from the staff and stuff.
0: How much confidence did you gain in your play getting to, to play as much as you did?
11: I. Mean, it was a lot of confidence, a lot of experience too. So, I gained a lot of experience with those games. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, Coming off from, like, a good season, I think, like, my confidence is pretty good right now, yeah.
0: What about this group now? You guys bring in a few more additions for this group in 2024. What what have the training sessions been like, you guys? As we talk here, you guys just played an exhibition against Louisville. Just what's the cohesion and chemistry with the group at the moment?
11: I mean, it's really good. I mean, I don't think much has changed from last year except bringing a couple guys. But, I mean, like the chemistry, everyone, like locker room's great. Everybody, I mean, nothing's changed at all. Yeah, it's been great.
0: Is there a, you know, I, I hear it talked about a lot about – last year's group having that intensity, a chip on your shoulder maybe and you obviously came in a little later during the season, but did you notice that just maybe an intensity with the guys that wanted to prove the naysayers
12: wrong? I mean the whole season don't
11: want to like especially like when I first came here, I mean the um, Like, the training sessions just from the guys were very intense. I mean, you could tell, like, why they were in first when I first came here. So, I mean, just, like, I don't really think of, like, a target or anything. I just, like, just the way it starts in training, you know. So, I mean, I think just, yeah, just from that, I think that's why they were in first last year when I first came here.
0: How do you manage fitness levels now, knowing that out of the gate quick you guys have, Because Coach mentioned, we do the math here, it's four matches in, is it 11? days i think it's going to be wild just yeah. kind of keeping you guys right out of the box having having to be sharp what what's that going to be like for you to to manage that manage that time
11: i mean yeah we talked about it pre-game in the meeting for our game versus Levo. just saying that there's a lot of games coming up a lot of opportunities for everybody so just just everyone just to be ready so, yeah
0: well appreciate it, anthony best of luck here in 2024 we'll talk to you down the road appreciate thank you so much Right, winding down on this Friday night, a chance to hear from City Captain Roman Berkey. With Roman Berkey as we're uh, a few days away from the start of the season. Roman, how fired up are you to start this all up again?
12: Yeah, can't wait. After a long uh, preseason uh, with two camps away from here, uh, can't wait to get started at home. Does
0: it, does it feel like this group... Has it has it come with with a lot of the new pieces? Do you feel like you guys have come together in the uh, in the window of opportunity you've you've been given here these last few weeks?
12: Yeah, I think we improved a lot. Um, Not uh, only on the field, also off the field. You know, different characters came to the group, uh, really good guys, and um, I think we're going to be a better team than last year
0: of the guys that did come back and guys that were that were young last year do you feel like they've matured do you feel like this group is one that maybe feels battle tested now
12: oh yeah I think uh, we're going to be definitely more experienced you know we had like ups and downs during the whole last season and uh, obviously then we ended really fast in the, in the, in the playoffs um, uh, and I think that's the thing we we learned a lot about you know so um, I'm confident That uh, we're gonna prove that we can do it again and um, do better in the playoffs.
0: How rewarding for you personally was was last season with the numbers you were able to put up?
12: Um, I, I, was, I was definitely happy with, with my performances. You know, like uh, I would say, one important thing for a goalkeeper is um, consistency. So I consistently try to help the players to um, to improve, to put them in the best spot if they needed me. Uh, that I was I was trying to be there. You know, there were games uh, I was not able to do that, but um, a lot of games I would say a lot of games I was there. You know, to help them. And I would say consistency was the key, not, not just for me, also for the whole team.
0: Roman Berkey with us. And Roman, looking to the start of the season, Champions Cup, MLS season, you guys have four games in 11 days. What kind of challenge is that going to provide you and and, and the fellas here as, as the season opens up?
12: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but I also see it as an opportunity to get back uh, fast into the, the rhythm of, uh, you know, uh, important games to play. Uh, obviously, we play at home um, the first game, or the first two games, uh, and then away in, in Houston. So uh, it's it's going to be exciting, you know, especially at home. Um, two, games, two home games to start the whole season is... It's going to be a, a big, a big thing for us.
0: Just one more for you, Roman. You've experienced soccer all over the world. What does the St. Louis atmosphere? How does it stack up with where you've played soccer elsewhere?
12: Yeah, it's definitely on uh, in the top two, top three uh, places where I've played. Um, to be honest, because I just think uh, I get this question a lot, and I, it's just hard to describe. But I have the feeling, you know, when I walk out here. Maybe because also the red is a color of uh, you know warm and hot you know so yeah. I when I stand on the field I I always feel like good you know like <laughs> yeah a really good feeling it gives yeah. me a really good feeling and um, of course with the fans in our back we showed what we we are able to, to to perform on the field.
0: I know the town loves having you here. Thanks so much for the time.
12: Thank you. I right, tied it
0: all together here on this Friday night, a snowy Friday in St. Louis. Our picks to click. Mark Moser's got a few to send you off into your weekend, Moe's. And soon enough, we're going to have games to be able to pick from uh, all over the place, whether it's in-season tournaments in MLS, MLS. But uh, what do you have for us here on Saturday and Sunday?
1: Well, in honor of this beautiful weather that we're having today, uh, and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, it's going to be cold, there's going to be snow, so i got a special pick for you tomorrow morning at 930 on FS2 United States versus the United Arab Emirates in the Beach Soccer World Cup huh. over in Dubai. So uh, the U.S. lost uh, on Thursday to Italy 3-1, uh, to one, and uh, we'll battle back and, and try and get a win here to try and stay alive in the Beach Soccer World Cup. If you haven't seen it, Give it a look. It's it, it's interesting, and it's. Uh, I mean, this is tough. I, I've watched it before. Uh, I've watched when I was in Brazil. Got a chance to watch in person some games. And when you think about running on sand, on
0: sand, right? Uh, and, and,
1: and and trying to trying to do things with the ball, uh, it, it, it's it's a, it's it's an interesting thing to watch. So, uh, but in honor of this cold weather, I'm going to start you off nice <laughs> and cozy and warm in Dubai tomorrow that. morning. Yes, sir. And, the, and, and then after that, we'll switch over to cold and rainy England, 11.30 tomorrow on NBC and Peacock, Manchester City versus Chelsea. That should be a good matchup to see what Chelsea can do against this phenomenal Man City team. And then Sunday morning, 8.30 on ESPN+, Plus, the leaders in the Bundesliga, bayer Leverkusen, against Heidenheim, at 8.30 on Sunday morning at ESPN+. Plus. And those are my clicks to pick this week.
0: Love it, Mose, And uh, some thoughts for Tuesday. We won't chat before then on the air. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to see up in the press box Tuesday night as we'll be able to take in that game at City Park. But uh, your thoughts, do you think they uh, get jump out in front of Houston in this uh, Champions Cup tournament?
1: Yeah, I think they will. I think they'll come out. Uh, I think they'll come out firing, and I think they will get a victory at home here. Uh, I think it's going to be a good crowd. I don't. I'd be, I'm curious to see how big of a crowd it is, uh, being a Tuesday night uh, in February. But I, I think this team is is ready to come back and play and, and prove to everyone that they were as good as they finished last year with being first in the Western Conference. And I think I think for these guys, they, they got to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to try and prove to everyone that last year was not a fluke.
0: Well, I know tickets are still available. Some good seats, I think, are still available. So hop on your SeatGeek app, check it out, and see if you can find your way down there. I know for a lot of folks, Moe's, they weren't able to go to games last year, and it'll be tough to get MLS regular season games. So if you want to see a game, and it, it, it's essentially it's, kind of the home opener. Uh, Find your way there on Tuesday night because there are tickets available.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is one of the pluses about these tournaments is not everyone that has season tickets buys into these other packages. So it does create some opportunities for folks maybe that have never been down to a city game, haven't seen the stadium, haven't seen this team play in person. It it is an opportunity uh, because there are tickets still available and. You know, the more folks that can get down there uh, and, and feel the atmosphere and be a part of it, uh, it really is a special thing.
0: Mose, enjoy, enjoy this weekend, and I'll uh, I'll see you there Tuesday, and I'll, I'll see you back here Friday night.
1: Sounds good, Brendan.
0: That's Mark Moser. I'm Brendan Wacy. Coming up, eight o'clock hour, our Mizzou game plan. Ben Fredrickson with me. We'll talk with Mike DeCorsi from Fox Sports as uh, we get closer to some March Madness. It's on the way here on the Big 550 KTRS.